good evening. Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with psychic medium Stephanie Burke. We are here. We are back. It's it's only been uh, like four months since we've been here. We have returned from summer hiatus. We have returned, and I think it's closer to five months at this point. Uh, let me see. I have the date. It's April, right? April 16th yes. was the last uh, show that we did. So we're it's good to be back. Where have we been? Well, we took the summer off because we had a whole bunch of things going on, and we couldn't get a, every, all three of us into one room at the same time. So we we got to the point where we had to keep pushing off doing the show that finally I said, oh, let's just take the summer off. And we'll regroup in spooky season. But our our intentions were good because at first we're like, let's just take a couple weeks, see where it goes. We'll right. be back in two weeks. And then it just didn't end up happening. So Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of I was thinking there's a lot of shows, a lot of podcasts that do things by season. Right. And you know, I started thinking about, well, maybe we should just do it that way. But I don't I don't love that idea. I like the consistency. Um I also liked having four months off where I didn't have to go anywhere on a Saturday night, but yeah, well, I wouldn't have been able to be here even if I wanted to. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's the main reason is that, you know, you had weeks that you were definitely going to be gone like for weeks at a time, um, for a project that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about when the time comes. Um, I guess you can say that you, you're filming a TV series. Yes, So, um, but we'll have, you know, far more details when the time comes on that. Moniz was working on a bunch of stuff. (laughs) There was multiple weeks that I had to take off anyway. So it just worked out better. I think so. And I promise you'll be my first interview. Oh, I mean, all the juicy details. You don't have a choice. (laughs) Uh, so we are here to talk about the paranormal as we, Sometimes are here on Saturday nights. <laughs> I usually say each and every, but I can't say that. Uh, I will. I will warn everybody ahead of time. Stephanie and I are both battling coughs. Yes. So I'm we gonna, sound great. Going to try and pull down the the microphones if we if I can. But if we have a ridiculous amount of allergies in this area right now, I think everybody that I've talked to is complaining about headaches, sinus pressure, just all symptoms of of allergy grossness like it's the first of the summer so we have all those commercials we run here on WBSM for Navage and I <laughs> that I, thing's so weird I think about it and I'm like oh I should get one of those maybe that'll help but then I like see what the process is of yeah. actually flushing out your nose and I'm like I don't know that I could do that it's it's I don't know better than a neti pot I think but also super creepy and the number one reason I will not do it is because pre-covid it was super cheap post-covid it's like 120 bucks yeah I think well I think you have to get like the original like you have to get the setup set for a hundred dollars first but then like to get the stuff after that it's not as expensive but yeah but still it's like getting an electric toothbrush you know you got to drop like 70 80 bucks at first but then the then the toothbrush heads are only like you know 10 bucks also like I don't know about you but like in the pool as a kid, when you did like a somersault and all the water get up your nose and it's, it just hurt. It yeah, stung I'm not, really I bad. I'm not good with water up my nose. No, I'm not either. So I'm like, do I want to do that? No, I think I'm good. But I'll just leave it alone. I don't know. It's we'll not meant s- to go up there. We'll see. We'll see. I might change my mind if, uh, if I have to battle more of this. So there's been a lot that's been going on in the paranormal world since we last got together. Um, mainly, though, what I've seen, and we talked a little bit about this is I, I continued, we talked a little bit about this when we were on before, mm-hmm. but I see a continued emphasis here on 
the legends and the stories, mm -hmm. but it also seems like we're getting a lot more of, <laughs> I know we're both about to cough. <laughs> Sorry. It's hard when we both have to do it and the other person can't cover. I know. But I, I also see that there's a lot of emphasis back again on investigation. So, I, I mean, again, I know you can't talk a lot about what you're doing, right. but I, I think we can say it involves investigation. Yes, it does. So, and, and we see the return of Ghost Hunters, mm -hmm. you know, kind of back to its original format. Uh, so in the, in the paranormal media, we're seeing uh, a rebirth, I think, of the investigation aspect of things. Uh, I think, I think the Portals to Hell Plymouth episode aired before we stopped doing shows. But anyway, they did that episode in Plymouth. Mm -hmm. You know, so like there's a place that is nearby that we're seeing investigation happening. So it's interesting that the 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 the, the it ebbs and flows. And for a while, you know, investigation, investigation, investigation was everything. Yeah. Then that kind of took a backseat to legends and retelling of stories. And now it seems like they finally found and struck the balance to have to have both things. I am super bummed that I can't sit here and tell you everything that I want to tell you because I feel like what I am working on right now combines a lot of different things. But when I say different, I don't just mean a lot of subjects together, or I shouldn't say I don't only mean that, but a lot of things that we haven't seen yet or we haven't seen combined yet. So I'm, I'm excited to bring this project to, well, I have been bringing it to life, um, but to see the final everything laid out together, I have to choose my words carefully because I'm also tired and I might spill the beans. Um, <clears throat> but to be able to see what we've been working so hard on and to see how people react to it because um, one thing I can definitely say is it's it's very genuinely Scott and I and that's one of the reasons why we agreed to do it because it didn't stray from who we were as people and what we believed in and, and what we enjoy doing so um, I'm looking forward to seeing the feedback about how different it is compared to everything else that's out there so I um, <clears throat> I think that that'll make a splash once it's uh once it's announced but i think getting back to the basics of why we all do what we do is what we're seeing right now too you know um i mean jason coming back with ghost nation was i think the start of that but also you know getting his his ghost hunters name back made it even more official for the people that used to watch and why we all started watching paranormal tv and i had no idea <laughs> until um Last week, when I was at the Michigan PowerCon and I saw the crowd for Destination Fear, yep. I had no idea how popular that show was. Uh, mainly because I, you know, I don't, right. I don't really watch. The I don't Paranormal have time shows. to watch TV, and if I do, it's like Disney Junior. I um, I just don't watch them in general anyway. So I, I feel like I'm kind of behind on who some of the people are in these things. But I, I, I'd heard of the show, of course. Yeah. But I, I just had no idea that it was as popular as it is, and. I was talking with some people who were big fans of it, and I said, well, what is it that you like about yeah. it? And they said the fact that it is investigative, mm -hmm. but at the same time, they're also, they seem more like everyday people would be in that situation. Mm -hmm. And I think we've kind of gotten to the point where the whole don't show any fear on an investigation <clears throat> thing is biting some people in the ass because in, in actuality, like, that is a more genuine presentation. Sometimes there are things that you're like, whoa, what the hell is going on here? So I think that, you know, the the <laughs> stoic approach kind of doesn't resonate with everybody. And it's, it doesn't work for everybody either. 
you know, like it, if I go, you've investigated with me tons of times. <clears throat> uh, when do I ever get affected by anything? I have no emotions. But if you are an emotional person and, you know, like for <laughs> Chad Lindbergh, for example, I mean, if yeah. we want to go to the opposite extreme, you know, here is somebody who had these genuine reactions that people felt were over the top because he was an actor. But those were his genuine reactions because it was all new and different and scary to him. I think, um, I mean, you definitely don't react, but I know. To anything. It's not just paranormally no, speaking. it's not. <clears throat> um, I think the most that you'll react, like if I tell you a wild story, like Tim, I, you can't, you know, can't ever tell anybody this and wait till you hear this. I think the most that you'll do is like crack a smile and like that's it. And that's only because it's me. Um, <clears throat> I go to concerts and I stand there. I go to movies and I sit there. Like right. it's just who You're I just am. just a very calm person. Um but when I've heard you on an investigation, like, yell out, like, whoa, or, you know, something like that, like, I know something's going on. Um, <clears throat> I, I think the first thing I think back to is when that, like, phantom explosion happened at Fort Tabor. Yeah. Like, I heard you yell. <clears throat> and that like, was... Like, something's wrong. That was a legitimately scary situation where well, we thought we were going to be crushed. It was insane. So, um, you know, things like that you'll react to. Um, I think you could vouch for me absolutely by saying, like, I don't react in locations. No. Um, I don't get scared. Um, there's been scary situations where I've just walked through it and, and done whatever. Um, I can tell you recently in some of the places that I've been, I've been rattled in coming across things that I wasn't expecting. So um, I think immersing yourself into something um, or being allowed to immerse yourself into something uh, deeper than you normally do um, brings out different reactions. Yeah, I, I, different I just scenarios. I just feel like now it's reached the point where um, like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of over the persona that people try right. to portray. <clears throat> and and I, you know, I, I spend a lot of time unfortunately on social media all the time. Uh, and when I do that, you know, I see the personas people are trying to play, mm -hmm. portray on social media. And I'm not just talking about in the paranormal world either. Just everybody kind of has right. this face that they're trying to present. It's their highlight reel. And it's, to me, it gets old fast <laughs> and it gets pretty see-through. Yes. Uh, I find that the more genuine interactions are the things that I respond to. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I went through this period the other day where I said to myself... It wouldn't kill me to be supportive of people, even when the posts annoy me, where mm. I said, just just like the post. Yeah. Just like it so that, you know, they get a little <laughs> bit of positive encouragement and also so you won't look like such a jerk all the time. <laughs> and and I realized I, I, I don't think that I can bring myself to do it. Like if you earn, if you get a like from me, you've earned it because I just don't, I, I can't be bothered to dole those things out. I have to be honest with you <clears throat> and say that I don't even think you like my posts. Never do. Um, and I know it's it's going to be really interesting or like one of those things like where you're if you're commenting, um, it's fun, but it's usually like this crazy wild thing that you're typing on there just to get people going. Oh, so. yeah. If I do make a comment, it's 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 totally a jerk comment. Right. But it's fun because I know exactly what you're doing with it. So, um yeah, you're just not, you're not an, a, a social media interaction kind of guy. No. 
Which I mean, is funny because I think the majority of, of our communication over the last decade is not phone call, is not text message, but it's Facebook message. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know why that became my default go-to for contact, but that's what I use for everything. I think it's because of the phone you had at the time. Like, it just wasn't, like, I don't know, wasn't, like, made for that type of thing but we're going back like 10 years yeah i don't i for i try to never use like text messaging right i mainly because i don't know it could be because sometimes i have trouble sending photos over it and so i just well you have an android so no it's the t-mobile service it's the bro that too but the other thing too is since i've known you you've been a writer you've been a journalist so most of the time that you are communicating you're typing on your laptop so it's easy to just move over to like a Facebook website and just type to people rather than stopping and then go to your phone to text message. And one thing I'd never do is talk on the phone. I had I had two phone conversations today. <gasps> you did? Which might be a record. For, I think so. For a while. I talked to yeah. Moniz for a few moments and he's gonna he's gonna pop on a little bit in the next hour just for a couple minutes. He's uh he's up at the Exeter UFO conference, I believe, so he's gonna check in with us. And then uh Tenny called me. Oh. So, like, those two phone calls... I mean, Tenny's a worthy phone call. Right. He's one of the few people I will yeah. definitely answer if he calls. Plus, he doesn't usually call. He doesn't. So, it- like, <laughs> he's also, like, he'll send me a text message. Or, so, if I, if he's calling, I know it's for a reason. Right. Um, but I was surprised. I was like, that's two phone calls in a day. I, I don't think I've done that outside of, like, work-related things yeah, in, no, in you forever. You, um, I've always said, I think it was the last time I was with Scott... Um, and my phone was ringing and it was you. I was like, oh God. And like, we both stopped because I've taught him that if Tim is calling, there is something wrong or it's very serious. So he's like, oh, it's Tim. Tim's calling. You better answer that. And now I have him trained to think the exact same way. So it's a thing. Yeah. Well, I, I, I feel, I feel <laughs> though that you know, the, the, the good part about communication is like, you can get me pretty much any time. Right. You're just not going to get me on the phone. It's like, almost annoying when I have something really juicy to tell you and I see that you haven't been online for 20 minutes. I'm like, where are you? Why are you not sitting here ready and waiting to accept I my story? <laughs> I didn't even know that it ever says that I'm not online. I just assume it that does. it says that I'm always on. It does. And, and it's frustrating to well, wait don't, for your response. Don't, don't pay attention to it. Um, yeah, I'm probably on anyway. But the you know one of the things that I've done is, I, you know, in sitting home and being home on Saturday nights and not being here doing the show is I've been able to see more Mm -hmm. of what people are doing out there on social media for investigations. So I've seen them going live from different places. I've seen them doing live TikTok videos and Instagram videos and all those things. And I had this conversation a a few weeks ago with Amanda Millette, where we talked about how like it's gotten to the point where people are Going to these places just to have their phone. You were you, you were talking about it with us too when yes. we brought it up again when we were <clears throat> at the Lizzie Borden house, mm-hmm. where we we were discussing how people are just doing this, going live for the sake of going live Correct. and not to show people the place that they're at. Mm-hmm. Which, if you've got access to a place and people want to see it, they like let them see it, take them around. Um, I think people have become very. Uh What's the word? I was going to say disenfranchised, but um, maybe that's not the route I want to go. They're more into building this following 
And then they believe that people are following them specifically. Like they want to see their face as opposed to the places that they're going, which I mean, I don't know about you, but if I scroll through like a random TikTok or a random Instagram or whatever, if somebody's posting content that seems legitimate and like historically accurate and just telling cool stories, like I'll follow it. I'm not following the person. I'm following the places that they're going. But I think a lot of people become confused with that. So they just have their faces up in the the camera and then they don't show anything else. So it's like, that's not why people are following you. Right. People are following you for the information that you're putting out, not your face. I mean, I guess it depends on who you want following you. So if you're like, Correct. if you're like, hey guys, we're here in this really haunted place, and oh my god, what was that? And all this and that, you're getting the people who aren't interested in the paranormal. You're getting people yeah. that are just want to watch somebody get scared. Right. Um, one of the things that I've, I've, I, you know, had the chance to do while we were gone was, uh, we we did that investigation of the Conjuring House for yep, Camp Braveheart, and. Everybody was, you know, saying to me, like, oh, are you going to go live from there? Are you going to go live from there? Like, no. Right. Everybody that follows me has seen that place a bunch of times from mm-hmm. other people. Like, they don't need to see me there. I mean, <laughs> there was there was a live show that was happening, and I was, yeah. you know, happy to take part in that. But I didn't need to, like, start putting it out on my own social media because I'm not just trying to show off to people that I was there. Right. You know, like... I think COVID built that, too, where people were, you know, selling tickets to watch somebody investigate this place or that place or whatever. Like, a lot of questions that Scott and I still get when we do events, like, oh, well, will you sell tickets so we can watch from home? (coughs) And I always tell people, if I'm going to do that, there's no point in me selling tickets to people that are here in person because I'm taking away from them by trying to split my attention between them and you. And, like, I'm not being genuine to myself or to the location because I'm so worried about is the live feed working? Who's watching? Can right. I answer your questions? Like there's no way I can do that. I did something at the at the Oliver House um in July and that same conversation came up of mm-hmm. you know it's you it's one or the other. Right. Because unless you have like another person there that's you have dedicated a whole team that's to working for you. Yeah. yeah. If somebody else is dedicated to running a live stream and feeding that back to people, fine. Yep. But when it when it comes to going to one of my events, like I want to be there for the people that paid to be there. Right. And you've seen it 90% of the time. They don't need me. They don't want me around. <laughs> I just go find some other place to go. Yeah. Like yeah. They're, they're, they're people who have experience and they want to get into these places and, mm-hmm. and do their own thing. But at the same time, you know, I also think that you never know when they might have an idea where they might want to try yeah. something. They might want to ask a question. So I don't want to have my face stuck in my phone you know, trying to mm-hmm. get what out of it? Like, what, a couple of $5 people, like, watching the live stream of it? Right. Or even worse, mm-hmm. people who get to watch it for free and people that paid to be there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I understand, like, you're there, so there's a difference. But I also feel like there should be some exclusivity to that, too. Right. You know, like, especially one of the <laughs> things that comes up a lot a lot is when I'm doing uh, lectures. Yeah. Where people will say, will you live stream the lecture? Well, I don't for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. One... It's really easy if you live stream your lecture for everybody to steal your lecture. Mm-hmm. And I've had it happen. Yes, you have. And two, the other reason is like they paid me to be there to draw in these people to go to that place. Yeah. If they want to put it on Zoom or something, that's up to them. But I'm not going to bring my cell phone in and turn that on and, and go live on something. And like because sometimes those people paid to be there too. <laughs> so it's kind of unfair to, to those people who have traveled sometimes across the country to be there to watch you. And then you're just, you know, 
it, nobody ever wants to get to a place and be like, wow, I could have sat down at home on my couch and watched this and said, why am I here? Yeah. Because they're not even paying attention to me anyways. I know with my events, and you've seen it happen when I work with you, um, I think it's because I do something entirely different than everybody else that usually at investigations, people want to be around me or they want to be engaging with me the entire time and talking to me or asking me questions about the location or what I'm feeling. And so there's no way I can pay attention to my phone. There's no way I can answer people's questions from at home and be able to pay attention to both. It's just, it's overwhelming. Yeah. And, and I feel bad because yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure you would love to be able to, to connect in, but yeah, it's, it's not my fault that I live in New England and you don't. <laughs> yeah. I do like... I don't, I'm not opposed to like walking around, like giving like a quick tour of like what the inside of a place looks like. Um, and you know, like just original thoughts of like, look how cool this is, or, you know, this is where we're at. But, um, you know, I can't do the entire night that way. It's, it's physically and mentally, um, exhausting and impossible. Um, so I separate it, you know, sometimes we'll do just like a little thing like Scott and I have like our little group of, um, uh, VIP followers that we will do things for um, here and there to make sure like they're getting exclusive content but um, that's about it I uh, I can't imagine how that works out for most people and I just don't care like I don't <laughs> I don't have huge followings yeah. uh, I don't I mean I like to use my following to talk like show pictures of the Johnny cakes that I made today for breakfast I did see that. And they weren't good. No. No, they looked way better than they tasted. Um, it's terrible. Yeah, it didn't didn't work out <laughs> so well. But, you know, I like to, you know, I like to use social media for interaction with people, yeah. not for promotion. And although that being said, I, I usually share my articles, read my articles. Um, <laughs> but like today, you know, today I did something that I haven't really done. Mm -hmm. And so if anybody's followed me on TikTok... You know that I don't really do anything with it. Right. And I mainly use it to watch other people's stuff, and I don't really even do that all that often. I've done less than you. I just don't, I don't love it. Right. But I also, um, I also realized like that could be another avenue for putting out information. So mm -hmm. I said, you know what, let me, because I often will type out a rant on Facebook and be like, this is pissing me off in the paranormal world, blah, blah, blah. So I said, let me try <laughs> making a video yep. and putting it on TikTok and see if it gets any response. And some of them did, like some of the, the you know, just me espousing mm -hmm. my opinion did pretty well. So I was like, okay, well, I know that I can get the conversation going about these things that, that are pissing me off mm -hmm. by doing that. And, and I want to do that because I want to bring these points up because I feel like they're things that need to change. So for example, you know, I had that, that discussion about how there needs to be respect. Mm -hmm. And that came about because... There was somebody out there who has a TV show coming out that they made themselves, which is usually the first sign that it's not going anywhere when you've actually, like, Produced created the whole yourself. show yourself. Yeah. But <clears throat> this show is going to be different than every other show because every other show fakes it, and this one is going to be 100% real. And so th the people behind the show were, you know, biting the hand that fed them. They were on another show. Yes. And they were, you know, naming names and, and causing controversy for the sake of causing controversy. And I, I felt like that was disgusting behavior. Um, first of all, because their information about things being fake isn't correct. But also, I just thought that it was tacky. And so I, you know, kind of commented about that. And it was, it felt good to be able to have a medium where people were interaction, not your, not you, you I kind know of medium. <laughs> but um, to have one where people were able to 
you know, read that and respond and let me know what they think. Some people thought I was full of it. Some people agreed with me. So I liked that aspect of it. So I said, you know what? Like, I was writing a story yesterday about the Millicent Library. <clears throat> and it came about because I just happened, I, I don't even remember how I started searching, but I found out there was another Millicent Rogers. And she was the granddaughter of mm -hmm. Henry Huddleston Rogers. And she became a fashion icon. And there's a, there's a, a museum Mm -hmm. dedicated to her out in New Mexico. That's interesting. So there's the Millicent Rogers Museum, and I was like, wow, this is fascinating. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm probably going to work on a story about that next yeah. week. But I also, you know, see coming up in all the things I'm looking up about the Millicent Library, oh, here's that rumor again that Millicent, Li Millicent Rogers is buried under the library. Mm -hmm. So I said, I should write an article about this, debunking it. I've never done that. And so while I was out taking some photos, I thought to myself, I should try to make like one of those TikTok videos. And I did. And I think it came out pretty well. I mean, I'm pretty mm -hmm. happy with, like, the production <clears throat> value of it. Um, but at the same time, like, meh, it's not really getting any attention. So, and I felt, I felt dirty making it. <laughs> I did. I felt like I was, like, compromising the work that I've done. That instead of Instead of just finding a new avenue to spread the, the work that I've done. I think uh, I'm going to have to watch it and critique it at some point since we're talking so much about it. But I'm sure it came out fine. I feel like you've always put out really um, thought-provoking anything. Posts, ideas, radio shows. Um, <clears throat> I can't necessarily say I've ever disliked anything that you've put out. And I don't say that because I like you. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it would have well, gone I, wrong. I used to do the paranormal question of the day on Facebook. Well, that's which, where I was kind of going with which that. Which got like, a lot of a lot a lot of attention. That riled a lot of people up. Yeah, but then everybody started copying it, so I stopped doing it. They did, which was kind of frustrating. Yeah, I didn't I didn't <clears> understand why. Like, come up with your own thing. I think some of the people that copied it were actually kind of amusing. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have the same the same. I'm, I'm, gonna, how do, I'm not saying this in a, in a conceited way. They didn't have the same level of interaction. Right. So, like, the pe the people that they had responding to them were just people that would agree with whatever it was that they said. As opposed to on mine, I had people that didn't agree with what I said. So, right. there, there was more of an organic back and forth conversation. I think it was interesting to see all the different types of people that commented on yours. Um, but also those same people that had much larger followings than you would steal the idea. So it was just it kind of funny. It's kind of funny how it it was like a social experiment. Yeah, I mean, did it make a difference? Did any of the things that we brought up change? No. 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 But neither are any <clears throat> of the things that I've been talking about lately either. Although those guys who were blasting the other shows and you know, promoting themselves as being the only they stopped doing that, but I don't think it was just because of my posts. I was just one of many. Uh, no, I think there was a lot of posts about that. Yeah. And um, I'm definitely not here to bash anyone, but from an outside perspective, um, <clears throat> I said this to somebody, somebody brought it up to me um, in person. I don't remember where I was. And I said, I would never go on a public platform and try to teach people you know, this is how everybody fakes everything. Like, I know because of this, this, and that. Because what that looks like to the outside world is I am telling you that the show that I am on faked everything. Right. And or the show that, <clears throat> you know, you were you were just on. Right. Which is what gave you the platform to have this next show, yeah. which now we're all questioning your integrity. 
Right. Like that didn't that didn't deter anybody from following the show that they were on and like, oh, I can't wait to see what they're they're going on next. Like as a as a, you know, consumer of the product, I'm sitting back going, did you fake evidence on those X amount of seasons that you did on that show? Or did you not? Or are you going to next? So I interviewed. I don't don't think it went how they wanted it to. I interviewed one of those people on my other show. And then he was kind of, you know, blasting the other shows. And and I, and it it didn't sit well with me. Not because. So let's, let's, let's look back at the, the history. This is, this is the time of spooky (laughs) South coast where I have to bring up the fact that we are almost hitting our 17th anniversary here and that we've been doing this for a long time, which is wild. And there was a time when we would jump into all that gossip and we liked all that gossip and all that controversy was fun and interesting and, and got people to listen to this show to hear our take on it. And, and now I look at it and I say, Ugh, just enough already. Like, you, first of all, you're manufacturing controversy to try to get attention for yourself, but also like the people who get wrapped up in that <clears throat> yeah. are people that I don't want to associate with. I don't do drama and I don't do gossip, but I I have been... I mean, privately we do. <clears throat> I mean, well, yeah. you and I are like two 12-year-old girls at a sleepover right. most of the time. We'll, we'll talk about this stuff all day long but uh, like, privately. But we're like 12-year-old girls at a sleepover about Taco Bell, too. So, <clears throat> um, but when it comes to, you know, putting yourself out there, I have always been very outspoken about um, who I am, how I feel, and my opinion on these things. Um, but I don't get involved in, in drama that goes on. Um, I've had it done to me. I ignore it. Like I don't, I want no part of it. Um, because I think at the end of the day, if you feel like you need to bash other people publicly, that shows more about your character than it does mine or anybody else that you're talking about. So, um, it's just not cool. Like I just, we're all grown adults. We're all you know, going to work every day, doing our own thing. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the drama and the gossip that happens is because everybody else feels like you're going to take a piece of the pie before they can get to it. Uh, They're all in competition with each other and they all want to be famous. Um, <clears throat> Scott and I dealt with something like this recently and we sat down and he says it better than I do. Um, like the way that he articulated it to somebody in front of me because I was so exhausted at the time was just so... Um, thought-provoking like everybody around us at, at a particular situation that we were in all acted that way and I'm like I'm, I'm dumbfounded by the fact that people grown adults much older than I are all fighting with each other or there's there's issues because somebody else has a opportunity in the paranormal world that they do not it's bizarre yeah and and it really it kind of just shows the kind of person that they are um I, I also, speaking of showing the kind of person that you are, <laughs> I was just looking because I got a notification. We have a couple of messages that have come in because we have the app chat feature. Yeah, I just saw that. On the WBSM app. Uh, and so supposedly, I guess there's an issue with they're not hearing us on the stream. I don't know why that would be. Everything's working fine. They might have just um, come in too early. Yeah, everything seems to be late. working fine. That should work. Uh, but also, I just happened to see this app. So... You know, people didn't like the, the the stuff that Marcus Farrow and I were talking about on the end of my show yesterday. Okay. My my weekday show. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently this person in Fairhaven, Blue Googs, 
woke up this morning still steaming about it because at 6.13 this morning, he sent me an app chat message saying, uh, hello, Timmy, was disgusted on how you and Marcus treated some of your callers on Friday. Both of you were not professional and acted like little children. Maybe being a talk show host is not your bag and you should go back to making omelets at a diner. It was horrible radio. So thanks thanks for stewing on that all night, Blue Googs. But guess what? I'll be back Monday and I will treat callers the same way again. So, But like, you're not even a mean person. Uh, we just got tired of the, the garbage that people were calling in, conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, it's, a whole, it's a whole thing here that if you, don't, if, you don't, if you don't agree with the callers, the callers mm. think that you're garbage, which is... But they still come back every day to listen. Of course. <laughs> Mike, so. Mike in New Bedford is my new favorite listener because all he does is send messages all day about how horrible I am, yet he still keeps listening. So, so again... Whether it's paranormal or not, it's the same subject. You are a grown adult. You know right from wrong. You know how to treat people. You know the golden rule, treat people how you want to be treated. Um, say something nice or say nothing at all. You know, it's not hard. Um, the world is a better place without negativity, without toxicity, without drama, without gossip, without treating people mean. So if you don't like something, keep walking. Yeah, I don't... Or if you're on social media, keep scrolling. It doesn't have anything to do with you personally. It does not directly affect you. Keep going. <laughs> don't listen to the show or don't watch the show or don't comment on social media. Or if somebody has a different view than you, that's okay. We're all different humans. We're supposed to be different. We so, don't have to but argue. There, there are some things that I can understand, especially in the paranormal world, of people you know, <laughs> speaking out about. And, you know, for example, there's a show that's coming out on Travel Channel called my possessed pet and nobody's seen the show yet it's uh you know it hasn't aired yet it's, it's airing soon isn't it yeah it's part of the ghost tober yep. thing that they're doing but they're starting that like next week um and so it's produced by eli roth the horror film director mm -hmm. and the the idea behind this my possessed pet show is that it's all about these instances where animals might have been taken over by a spirit or a demon or something and made them act the way that they did. And there's a lot of concern going around online. Again, nobody's seen the show yet, but there's a lot of concern going around that this is going to lead to people abusing animals. That when, when they have an animal that mm -hmm. has a behavioral problem, yep. instead of taking them to the vet to get it taken care of, they're going to think it's possessed. And right. then, you know, they're going to put the cat in a... <clears throat> pillowcase and throw yeah. it over the bridge or something right and i i mean i don't know that it that it will encourage I violence mean, against the animals people but. that are that off their rocker are going to do it regardless which yeah. is sad um but you would hope that somebody like that wouldn't have a pet um there are those in between people you know like highly religious people that might feel that way hopefully they'll do something more civilized like bring it to a priest or pastor or whatever you believe in but um <clears throat> I also, like... That's not that's not even my first issue with it. I, I wouldn't think about that. My first thought is... Because I, I, I did briefly read, like, the synopsis for the show, and it definitely says demon, like, four times in it. Yeah. Um, I... Super... You know how I feel about that. Um, but... Did, I, <laughs> did nobody at Travel Channel think about this, though? Did nobody think about the fact that there would be a backlash to a show like this? Oh, I mean, there are days where I question why things get greenlit, I, how I, things get greenlit. I don't want to characterize the paranormal world and the people who are fans of it, 
but let's just say I have a lot of them that have followed me on social media over the years. Yeah. And I would I would guess that a majority of them their their profile photo is a cat. Yeah. Or a dog. <clears throat> I had to think about it from my point of view, right? Because, as you know, I've worked on many different things over the course of almost 20 years doing this. Um, um, And uh, apparently I have to clarify that now because somebody said something to me about that and tried to um, (laughs) tell me when I started working. Um, I've had my gift my entire life, but I I didn't professionally start working until I was a teenager. So... Um, so 20 years professionally working at this, um, I'll have to tell you that story off the radio, but, um, I, I have not come across any possessed pets. Have you? I've come across some pets that have definitely had issues, but not things that I would consider to be a paranormal issue. Yeah. I'm talking about specifically paranormal. Like there are some pets (laughs) that I'm convinced are demons, but I don't think they're possessed by a demon. (laughs) I just think that they're actual demons themselves. Um... I think everybody's met a pissed off cat once or twice, but, um, yeah, no, like animals are very sensitive to energy. Um, I think that they're, they're magical creatures. I mean, I teach in my Reiki classes that animals know nothing other than unconditional love. They don't know anything about politics, belief systems, um, anything of that sort. So if they don't believe in God or the devil, they don't know anything about politics. Um, you know, it's how are they possessed? Um, <clears throat> I've never seen one act possessed. I've seen them react to spirits and energy, especially unfamiliar energy in their home, which would make sense because if you have a dog, like they're going to bark. If you have a cat, they're going to be possessive over you and like protective over you. But um, yeah, no, I've never seen a pet react that way. And I've seen a lot. I would think that if you have a pet that has a behavioral problem, you've got to think, I mean, uh, granted, I, I, I'm sure there are some animals that inherently have issues, but you've also got to think like that you're part of the problem of that too. Or it could have been abused before you got it and rescued it, you know? Um, for example, how many times have we heard, and a lot of paranormal, uh, investigators that we know will be the first ones to say this. Like if you have an issue in your home, and you think that it's haunted and you have children. <clears throat> I know of a few people that I can think of off the top of my head that will first say, have you brought your children to a doctor to be evaluated first before we know if this is a haunting or not? Yeah. So if we're bringing children and forcing them in front of a psychologist for a psych evaluation, which I think is is a bit much to push a kid to do, um, why are we not having pets evaluated at the vet first? Well, I, I mean, my dog, <laughs> I've had her for 11 years now. Yep. She's never gotten over her food insecurity issues yep. because she was starved before we got her. Right. Uh, she's <laughs> never gotten over her abandonment issues. Right. Uh, to this day, she still has to be in the same room as me. Mm-hmm. And I, when I got my, uh, you know, we, we when we got her, a few years after we got her, I got a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And I probably hadn't worn boots around her until that point. Maybe right. it hadn't snowed or something or whatever. And I put boots on. Mm-hmm. And she flipped out. I remember this. Like yeah. me walking around in boots, just, just, she mm-hmm. flipped out. She barked. She tried to bite my boots. Like there was something that happened to her with boots. She probably got kicked. Yeah. That, yeah. that, you know, she, she has a, an issue with. I never was like, oh my God, my dog is possessed. There's right. something wrong with my dog. My <laughs> dog is acting weirder than she's ever, like I, 
I naturally think to myself that there's some rational explanation there's for it. There's a logical way to come to a conclusion. And if there's not, there's usually an intuitive way. You know, we're intuitive beings. We think to ourselves like really hard, like, okay, where, where could this come from? Where's the root of this issue? Um, I, part of me wants to watch just to see what happens. But the other part is like, I don't even know if I want to give it the time of day. In my heart, I'm thinking it's probably not nearly as bad as people are making it seem. Like it could just be, and, and how much it's, possessed by demons and all of that in actuality compared to the way that they've written it up could be a different story. It could have been a far more exciting description. Like times where pets experience spirits, not necessarily like your pet is a like horrifically possessed being and you now have the devil in your home. I've probably interviewed a dozen pet psychics over yeah. over the course of my career uh and you know most all of them will come out of it saying you know that they're as pure as as anything can right. be so i would think that you know pet psychics that have been doing this for a long time if they were possessed pets they probably would have come across them at some point correct that's what i'm saying is like they don't know anything but unconditional love so i'm really confused and, and pooping on the floor mm-hmm. uh yeah they do that but I don't know. I'm not here to bash it, but I just don't see how how this was brought together. Um, I think if there is more behind it, they didn't put a lot into the description to help people kind of like form that opinion or form that picture of what they're trying to paint. And also kind of, and we can get into this more maybe in the second hour, but I was watching some of the reaction that was being posted on, on Twitter about this. People are losing their minds. Yeah. And it kind of bothered me a little bit that they care more about the way that pets are being portrayed Mm -hmm. than the way that they care about people are being portrayed. And again, not that they shouldn't care about pets. I'm not trying to say animals don't matter. But I just think that it's really odd that they get so defensive about the animals, but yet we have no problem where uh, every ghost that is on a paranormal show gets vilified and turned into a demon. Mm-hmm. Nobody seems to care about that. We want to know why. No. <laughs> the biggest the biggest reason why is because, uh, this is just in my experience with mm-hmm. it, I think the biggest reason why they don't care about those ghosts getting vilified is they have no connection to them. So if it's your family member, you yeah. care about it. If it's, if it's not somebody that you know about and have a connection to, it's just a character in a TV show. It is. And also at the same time, those people that are jumping on those TV shows don't care what they're talking about. They just agree to be on TV. Oh, no. I'm, I'm talking about the audience. <clears throat> oh, okay. I'm talking about All the right. audience members don't get worked up about it. Yeah. So, like, they, they will watch a, a show in which they're like, well... And then, you know, Lizzie Borden became a demon. And they're like, yeah, of course she did. It they makes sense. They also don't know any better. Um, if we look at paranormal TV uh, over the course of the last 20 years, a lot of, like you said, there's an ebb and flow mm-hmm. earlier, different subject, but there is also one when it comes to demons. And we'll be very demon heavy for a while and then we'll back off and then we'll come back to demon heavy. And um, I think... In my experience, a lot of people will ask these questions, you know, if we're out and about, we're doing a meet and greet, we're doing an event or like even on Facebook live. And I've come to realize that a lot of people have not been properly educated in paranormal investigation. Um, It's, it's tough because 
like I remember the days where like we would sit around and teach people these things and then we stopped because there's so many TV shows out there we thought okay they got this handled but if you look at it people only know how to investigate by watching 42 minutes with commercials oh I'm I'm done with teaching people things are you I'm kind of like we got to get to the next level here (laughs) yeah like but how do you get to the next level people who haven't caught up they can catch up on their own like they don't need I mean, granted you know if a library calls me and they're like we want you to present power number 101 I will yeah. but at the same time like I, I feel like it's it, we've we've chased our tail enough in these you know is it haunted shows that now and, and is it haunted mm-hmm. investigations really yeah. like and I don't mean to just put everything into the media aspect of it but how many people still go out on investigations to places where they've had activity in the past and they're just like we're just going to go out and try to capture more activity yeah. We're just going to go there and get more active. Like, eventually you reach the point where you have to say, okay, you've got to move on to the how, to the why, to the what it all means. Right. Or else, you know, what's the point? It's like you can become the best, you know, basketball player in the world on, mm-hmm. a, on a six-foot-high hoop, but eventually you got to move it back up to regulation height. Yeah. So, you know, what you're saying is 100% spot on. But at the same time, for the people that are just tuning in or for the people that have been watching but they don't know where to start – Watching people chase their tails, like you're talking about the people that are on TV and the programs that are available to people. Well, I'm, that's I'm all they know. Out, out, in the, <clears throat> out in the field doing the investigations, too. You know, that's, that's all they know, but they're not being taught any further. So how do you teach them further, and where do you begin? Well, there's nothing to teach. See, to take it further, it has to be your own original thought. Yeah, but you can teach that own original thought. But the problem is they don't want to do that. They just want to repeat what they've seen or repeat what they've been doing. I think some do, but I think that's also evolution in its finest. You know, some people are going to grow and change and others are going to stay the same. And that's just balance. Well, unfortunately, there's too many that are staying the same. But we we have to take a break here coming up for the news. When we come back on the other side, we'll connect with Matt Moniz. Uh, We'll find out what's going on. Again, I think he's up in Exeter, so we'll find out about what's going on up there. Uh, And also, we'll find out what's been going on in his world over the last couple of months. We'll also take your phone calls in the next hour as well, 508-996-0500. If you want to use the app chat feature on the WBSM app, apparently uh, you can do that as well. You can send us in. I don't know if it'll show up as our show directly, but yeah, you can send us app chat messages, which is really cool because it's like you're able to text us while we're in here in the studio, uh, which is, you know, great for us because we can text you back. We don't have to answer you your question directly on the air if it's personal we can always get back to you via the app so it's a great way if you have like personal things to reach out for us to of course you can also email us spooky crew at spooky southcoast.com so we'll take a break for the news and we'll be back with more spooky south coast in just a moment Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with 
Psychic medium Stephanie Burke will be connecting with science advisor Matt Moniz in just a moment. But a quick programming note. I know we just came back. I know it's our first week back in months, but we will not be here live next Saturday night. Uh, we do hope to have a pre-recorded program that will air for you in this time slot, but uh, I cannot be here live. It is, it's the Wu-Tang Clan, Nas, and now Busta Rhymes has been added to the bill. So it's a... Uh, it's the 90s. It's it's my we're having a mini class reunion for the Wareham High class of 1996. <laughs> so we're all, we're all getting together and going to the show. So um I didn't want to lose the momentum of starting a show and then skipping a week. So right. uh we'll we'll have something pre-recorded. But then the week after that, if uh, everything goes according to plan, that's the week of the world's largest ghost hunt. You know, normally we haven't really taken part in that. We're here right. doing the show, but uh we got invited to go and be part of this at the USS Salem. And I said, well, what if we actually broadcast from there? Because now that we have the ability, if you listen to my weekday show, you know, I go out to all these restaurants and broadcast from there, which wouldn't it be great if we could broadcast Spooky South Coast from a restaurant? Yes. Wor working, Spooky Snack Coast. Working on it, actually. Thank God. Working on it. Okay. Um, but <clears throat> since we have this ability to go broadcast from anywhere, we're going to try and do the show live from the USS Salem. So as long as everything still works out and Don over there is still cool that's doing it, that's the plan for the September 24th. 24th <coughs> pardon me so we're a pair tonight we'll be uh we'll be we'll be live on the ship so that'll be a lot of fun we shall see if i'll join you and i i i bought a thing you bought a thing you can see you can see it in my office i bought a, a like a wheelie cart <laughs> is that what like that a is? folding wheelie cart yeah. so that we can carry stuff up the gangway <laughs> there you go. and not have to go up 50 times so that, that gangway is serious. Hugely so. beneficial. Yes. Uh, well, have you been there since they moved it? It's It feels a little bit no, more secure. Not. Does it? The gangway, yes. It's it's far less That's shaky promising. and scary as it was before. Uh, the, before, the USS Salem was safe in the water. Uh, the dock around it, not so much. No. So now now you actually feel like you're on solid ground. So it's well, much better. Uh, but now we have, let's uh, connect with science advisor Matt Moniz. He is... Up there in Exeter, and uh, hello, Moniz, are you there? Yes, I am, Tim. How are things back uh, down on the farm? Spooktacular here as always. So you're up in Exeter, New Hampshire? Yes, I am. And tell everybody what's going on there. Uh, well, they're having a two-day event in honor of the Exeter event, which happened back in 1965, where a UFO uh, landed in a couple of different spots on a particular evening, and witnessed by uh, the town police department. And uh, they're having a series of lectures and there's space painting and activities for kids. The uh, local businesses get in on it. It's actually, to put it bluntly, uh, a mini Roswell-like. As you know, I was out in Roswell this year and that's a, a very major event, but it's good to see that the town, also, this town, also embraces the history that the UFOs have caused. So uh, it's a pretty neat little event. Yeah, and, and as you know, you know, you've been you've been a ufologist for a long time. It took a long time for municipalities to accept that part of their history and to embrace it and to to actually allow people to come in and celebrate it. When for for I'm sure for decades it was something that nobody would talk about. Yeah. Uh, works wonders when they found that they can, you know, raise money uh, at the same time, r rather, you know, stigma aside, you know, cash is king. 
Right. Yeah. Why not have a, a, a weekend that's an economic boon to the uh, to the businesses there? So is, is there a, there are a lot of people up there this year taking part in it? Uh, actually, there is because of, you know, obviously COVID 2020 and 21, it was closed down. So uh, having it back open, the first day here open, they sold out of food, posters and everything. Um it actually wound up being a very, very good opening. So uh, tomorrow it happens again, and hopefully they bought more food. <laughs> <laughs> so who's who's up there? Do they have some uh, some guest speakers up there? Yep. Uh, Peter Robbins is emceeing the event. Kathy Martin, uh, Jill Stein. Uh, there are a number of different speakers we got. Um, Debbie Hewins and I speaking tomorrow. And uh, you probably have people, too, that are sharing their own experiences with you. Yes, yes. Um, ran into a couple of spooky listeners earlier uh, during the day. That was nice to hear. Yeah, I mean, not it's not just the aliens listening to us either. Sometimes it's the people who are interested in the aliens. Yep, yep. So, well, it, it seems like uh, things are going great up there, and uh, we look forward to connecting back with you on the, on the 24th since we won't be here live next week. Uh, but uh, hopefully you'll be around on the 24th because we'll be doing that live show from the USS Salem. All right. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you then. See you then, brothers. Have yeah, a good one. Have a good one. Bye. That is uh, Science Advisor Matt Moniz. I think he just called you a brother. Probably. It's fine. <laughs> Close enough. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I know I – know, <laughs> Aliens, UFOs, not really something no. that, that you enjoy at all. Nope. But it is good to see when a town does embrace that and, and when they are willing to say, hey, you know, the, for, for years we might have tried to, like, not talk about this and, you know, might have uh, gave people the stink eye if they brought it up, but it is a great thing to embrace and a, and a nice thing for the community. I've never understood why people shoot down um, the supernatural because... It's a part of something that somebody experienced. And just because somebody experienced it doesn't mean that it's not true. And I say that all while knowing that I dislike the subject. Because um, it's just not my thing. And it's a little scary. Um, but, and that's become a running joke over the past 10 years that I've been here um, doing the show with you. But, um, you know, how many times have we seen historical locations part of a historical society say no no ghosts right it's like i've always said there's no history without ghosts and there's no ghosts without history so if you can bring a place to life rebuild a place um people aren't coming out to pay for a historical tour anymore but they're paying for ghosts but even <laughs> even if they do you might get them in once for a historical tour, but right. they'll come back again and again for something Correct. paranormal. I mean, I, I can say this because I personally know the situation. I know there's other places. Um, despite what you and I have done for years, um, we were doing events when it wasn't cool, but we were donating money back to historical locations to keep the heat on for the winter, to rebuild the floors, to get a new roof. Um, I, I got called a grifter. I know you did. I know you did. It's okay. I got called a racist once at one of my events, which is hysterical because I didn't bring up um, non-existent history at the location that literally did not ex exist on that land because I did my research ahead of time and talked to historians, but I was still a bad person because I didn't make up history. Um, 
that's a whole other subject. But I mean, anybody that knows me knows how absolutely absurd that is. So, um, as I was saying, history, um, ghosts, well, money, the Oliver House. Yeah, look at mm-hmm. yeah. I was going to use that as an example to say because look I at, know Christie. Look at what it's done. Correct. Uh, when you look, I mean, I know they've done some other things too there, but really, when you look at it, it's been those continuous ghost events that they put on and not just you know you and i renting the place out to do an event or groups renting it out to do an investigation it's those regular you know nights that christy puts Mm -hmm. on where they charge they have 40 people and they charge them 40 bucks a head you know it's it's those you know little chipping away at the things that need to get done she does the pro nights she does the amateur nights she does and please forgive me christy because i'm not gonna remember everything that you do but she does paranormal tours she does history tours Mm -hmm. um It was really um, the the kickoff to it, if I'm not mistaken, was Nick Groff's Paranormal Lockdown came to film there. Uh, Kindred Spirits has filmed there. So, and forgive me, I don't remember the rest of them, but um, it's important to keep history alive. And that place was going to be knocked down by the town. Yeah, they didn't want anything didn't to want do with it. it. So she decided that she was going to pour her heart and soul into it and not take a dime. And every single cent was going to go back into there. There was no indoor plumbing when she took over. Yeah. She put bathrooms in. Um, they've redone the siding, the the shutters. There's so much that's been done that has, has really restored this location. Yeah. And then a municipality reaches out to her, another town mm-hmm. reaches out to her and says, we'd like you to do the same thing with one of our locations. Right. And now she's running things at the Emory Estate in Weymouth. Right. It's just, it's it's amazing what the paranormal can do for a location and it's it's crazy to me when people are like oh no we can't talk about our ghosts here but then you superimpose that with what happens in Plymouth where you know how many years have we tried to get into the buildings <clears throat> that are controlled by the antiquarian society and yep. they don't they don't want to hear it right uh you know i don't think it's talking out of school to say we've tried for years to get on the USS Massachusetts yep and uh, Battleship Cove does not want anything to do with ghosts. They have mm-hmm. no problem with Boy Scouts running around all night long. But the people who would go there <laughs> yeah. and would actually want to connect with, you know, the, the spirits of the people who might have served, mm-hmm. they're like, no, 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 that's disrespectful. I mean, I can understand in, like, recent history or um, certain people's viewpoints on that stuff. But if you're talking to a ghost from the 1700s, nobody living today has any personal relationship with them. <laughs> So, um, you can, you can tell me all that you want that you don't want to have the paranormal involved in the place that you're running and the historical place that you're in charge of. You can say, I don't want to bring in that side of things. I don't want to, but don't say that it's disrespectful because first of all, that shows that you don't really know what we do and you're not listening when I tell you what it is that we do because the people who come to our events are the most interested in history. And the most respectful of what yep. goes on. I mean, how many times have I been told by people at our events that I need to be more respectful? You know that I'm, you know that I'm yeah. I'm getting a little bit too loose with the way that I'm handling things. So the people who come to our investigations are, and people that I know that are in the paranormal world and want to investigate these places yeah. are some of the most respectful people and some of the most interested in history. And I do think that that's where your next generation of historical societies and docents and all that they're going to come from people that have a paranormal interest Yep, they are and a lot of those societies aren't allowing that they're just disbanding everything um because they don't want to accept people that have anything to do with paranormal um the event that i told you about that i got called a racist 
Um, that particular location, <clears throat> and this is the funny part, um, both Scott and I have native blood. And we are so respectful of every culture. Anybody that follows us knows that. Um, and every background, whether it's a religious background, whether it's, you know, an ethnicity, whatever it might be. But this particular location, <clears throat> the people that built this location um, disturbed a lot of stone box graves of Native Americans and desecrated these graves, pulled them apart, um, stole items from them, um, from the chief, everything, um, and stole their bones and displayed them um, as like a trophy. Um, when they did this and it was awful what happened. Um, <clears throat> and we were focused on that history because that's what occurred there. Um, and I was called racist. Just say <laughs> the magic words. Alexa, play oh. WBSM. And your wish is granted. Welcome long, to 1420 WBSM. Been a long time since that's happened. Okay. Where something randomly fired on the computer like um, that. <clears throat> But uh, I don't know why I did that either. It was one person that accused me because I didn't bring up her culture. And I asked her what her culture was, and she couldn't tell me. But she was talking about race. Um, and I did let her know that um, I did all of the research that I could, and there were no slaves on that property. Um, and they actually spent $20,000 um, using ground-penetrating equipment to make sure that no one else was buried on that property because there were rumors. Um but we did dive into the Native American part, which is a whole other culture and ethnicity on its own. And those people were treated horribly at that time. The people that were in charge of that location told me that I was not allowed to speak about what happened to them at all. And I asked why. Like, it's history. And I think what happened is absolutely horrendous. I think anybody on this planet can agree that what happened to Native Americans in this country was bad. No matter which way you look at it. And no matter which tribe it was. They all dealt with something that was absolutely horrific um doesn't mean that they're the only ones but it means that to them that particular subject yes um she told me because she didn't want to scare off the thousands of dollars that they would have coming in for weddings and by not sharing actual history that happened on the property um that property was actually in a music video for a famous country music artist and um which is fine. They were going to film there no matter what. I think there might have been like a movie there like back in the 90s or something of that sort too. But let's not talk about what happened to these poor people. And as you're walking on the front lawn of that property, under my feet, I can feel the stone box graves. And if I just move the grass a little bit, I could see the stones. But we can't talk about that here. As, as, I mean, as <clears throat> terrible as it is to say, owning that business, they would have that right if they were just using it for you know, weddings and renting it out yeah. for things like that. But by allowing you to come in and talk about, you know, and, and look into the paranormal side of things, you can't. You can't shut out that part of history. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, you shouldn't do it anyway. Right. But I could also understand if they're like, let's keep this stuff out of the marketing, um, you know, when we're trying to sell weddings. But you can't have somebody come in and say, we're going to allow you to look into the paranormal here and, right. and then say you can't. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like what we went through with Edaville, where they don't like it when you talk about, but that's their family member. Mm, I know, and I understand that. But at the same time, I saw yeah. a full-bodied apparition right. of a member of that family <laughs> come directly at me. Right. Like, I can't not talk about the most profound thing that's ever happened to me in the paranormal world yeah. because, you know, you don't like us talking about the ghosts of your family. They've, be they're, they're, they've become part of local history. This particular location wasn't even privately <laughs> owned. It was owned by the state. And... um 
it was just like a caretaker. But they told us like in all of our marketing for our, our um, anything we did for our event, we couldn't talk about what happened. Um, which is funny because that location was on TV and they talked about it there. Mm. So that's what they were really upset about. And we actually showed them historical documents that were put out by the state that wrote about it. And she's like, well, I, I still don't want you to. I did anyways because I'm not going to ignore. And I think that's part of the reason why people are having bad experiences there with what is described as Native American spirits because you're hiding their history and they're hiding what happened to them. So, And you got to be careful because it's too easy for the wrong history to become the accepted history. So right. if urban you, legend. Yeah. If you look at the, the case of the conjuring house, for example, yes. You know, how many people are on social media telling the story and like, and Bathsheba Sherman was a witch who murdered right. babies and was hung on the property and like, and it's not true. That's There's not actually true at no all. documented deaths on the property, right? Uh, there were some soldiers. Uh, there's bodies on the property. Yeah, but not but there all were, the hangings that people. No, there were. About. There was no none of that stuff like they portrayed in the movie. Uh, so the you know if you and I'm I'm looking into we we can talk <laughs> off the air about yeah. it, but I'm looking into those kind of cases, and and I think that there's more of a proliferation of those than we realize mm-hmm. of a lot of stuff that we have come to accept as truth mm-hmm. that was just legend. But enough people keep repeating the legend that it becomes the truth. And in some ways that's good because mm-hmm. I do think that if you, I do think that if we, if we, <laughs> if we talk about it enough and we believe it enough, we can make it real. Yep. But at the same time, like we shouldn't be doing that with bad history. No. And I think a lot of people stop at a Google search mm-hmm. and if you research properly and you know how to research properly. You can find anything. Go to a library. You know, there's there's plenty of sources to find history that is not on Google because the internet didn't exist <laughs> past X amount of years ago. Um, you know, even old newspaper articles that are local aren't scanned onto Google. You know, you're not going to find anything that you're looking for. Um, but people just think like, oh, if I Googled it and it's not there, then it didn't happen. Also, Google searches are controlled it's not going to show you everything and well and not every i mean if you're going to primary sources like newspaper reports you can't even be guaranteed that those are accurate either right uh one of the things that um <clears throat> one of the things that i've encouraged people to do when it comes to having you know the, those discrepancies when there's a story that's out there and we know that it's not true. I've tried to express to them like a good way to approach that is to not totally dismiss the story that's being told. Right. Acknowledge that this is the story that's being told, but point people <laughs> to the actual truth. Right. So if by, by saying like, oh, we're not going to talk about that, like that's not real, we're not even going to bring that up, then then d- d- just makes people feel like you are cherry picking what you want the history to be. Mm-hmm. But by acknowledging and, and, and repeating <clears throat> and saying again and again, we don't have any proof of this. It's become part of the urban legend, but there's no proof. It isn't actually true. I made a video today, and I wrote an article uh, today at WBSM.com about the Millicent Library here in Fairhaven. Right. How many years have we heard the story that Millicent Rogers is buried under the library, and it's not true? No, it's not true. But it's become it's such a good story that people can't let it go. I think it, it lends to the haunting of the place, but that's not why it's haunted. But, you know, digging into the, like you said before, the who, what, why, where, what are we doing? Um, and you're right. Like sharing 
the stories that are out there, but then correcting it with the history is so important. And I mean, you have to be careful, otherwise you're called a racist, like I was. But, um, you know, what we should be, be really focusing on is the truth. You know, what is the truth? Why are we doing this? We're not chasing the story. We're chasing the truth. In some ways. In some ways, I want to chase the story, too, because I want to see where it came about. How did it come about? What What was the... But all under the guise mm-hmm. of it being just a story. Right. But at the same time, those stories do stem from somewhere, some type of truth. And those, those truths got twisted over time. Um, I know when I worked with Andy Lake um, many, many moons ago, we were out in Rhode Island and he brought me to a location, and I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about it or not, so I won't give specifics, but um, he brought me to one location and would just I, <coughs> drive me in circles. I didn't know where I was um, and said, what do you pick up on here? And I told him the, the spirit that I was looking at. And I said, this is what she looks like. This is what she's doing. This is what she tells me her name is. And he said, Oh, he's like, that's not what I was expecting because this particular location is named after someone else because they see a female apparition here. He went and dug and did some research and found the woman that I was talking about, her documented death at that location and found out that the the woman that people thought that they were seeing there actually died and is seen down the road. So they named this location after the wrong woman. So digging, you know, there's a story there, but where's the twisted truth? And then finding out that what the truth is, is kind of fascinating. You rewrite history. Yeah, I do. I do like kind of trying to figure out where things went astray. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you can't. Sometimes you're just like, there's it's no, too far gone, yeah. or there's just no, no thread to pull on to yep. see how it would be connected. And you just have to hold your hands up in the air and say, uh, something, somebody said it sometime. Yeah. But like, for example, the Millicent Library story. I mean, I can understand why that legend came to be. Mm-hmm. When when Millicent Rogers died at 17 years old and they decided to build this library in her honor, they laid the cornerstone at 6 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. with just the family and the clergyman present. So there yeah. was nobody else there. So it's entirely possible that it was, you know, could have been, been and her body could have, yeah. could have been there. And then... When people look at the stained glass window with her likeness, that's right over that spot that's shaped like a headstone. So, you know, you can kind of see where people might have started to put all this stuff together. And, uh, and and, you know, of course, none of it is true. And uh, and I wrote about that in the article. But you you at least can see where there was enough of a thread of truth to make people believe it. But I'm going to be that person. Do we know that there's not a body there? Well, so... When I spoke to the caretaker for the cemetery years ago when I wrote my book, he's like, no, she's definitely in the family mausoleum. And I said, oh, okay, can you show me? <laughs> and he said, no, you freaking weirdo. But, yeah, no, she's she's in the family mausoleum. Like, like confirm that there's a body there? Yes. She's, she's in the mausoleum. There's nobody underneath the library. But they did put some items under there, um, almost like a time capsule yeah, type thing. Yeah, that's cool. So there's there's I some like stuff those. there, including the, the Fairhaven Star, the newspaper, mm-hmm. in which they publicized the design for the library. So some cool things like that. We have a couple of phone calls here. Right. Uh, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in. Also, you can send us app chat messages on the WBSM app. So download the app if you don't have it already. It's a great way to listen to the show and hear the stream in crystal clear FM quality 
quality sound, but also you can send us app chat messages, which is like texting us right here in the studio. So hi, Chrissy. We saw your text message earlier. And uh, and uh, yes, we agree with you, Ross, about the uh, Navage and the brain-eating amoeba, but um, that shouldn't stop you from getting a Navage. It's a fine quality product <laughs> that advertises quite a bit here on WBSM. All right, let's go to the phones. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast. Hi. Um, I hope this won't be considered a naive question uh, because you guys know so much about it, but uh, why are there ghosts? What What is permitting them, and uh, why are some ghosts getting through, and presumably others are not? What's controlling that? That's a that's a very loaded question that I think Stephanie and I will come at from different perspectives. So I'll let I'll let her answer first. I think that's a loaded question that we need the next three days to answer. <laughs> um, I don't think we can answer that in a quick five minute thing. I think. Uh, just like we're all different people here and we all have different personalities, I think that um, ghost, uh, depending on how you look at it, is either a spirit that is earthbound, has not crossed over, so choosing to stay around here, or you have... Um, I wouldn't look at it as a ghost, but, you know, I think there's a difference. Ghost and spirit, they're alike, but they're different at the same time. Um, those that have passed on but choose to come back and visit us or, um, you know, communicate through a medium like myself. So um, every one of them has a different motivation. So those that stay behind have a bunch of different reasons, just like what would be the reason that you stayed home today instead of going to the store as opposed to your neighbor, you know, um, so that's one way to look at it. Um, some get through, others don't. I think they all get through to some degree. It just depends on who they're visiting and if that person is paying attention or not. A lot of people in this world like to say like, oh no, the lights flickered. It must be like something with the electrical or transformer or whatever. Um, or I got to call the electrical company rather than just chalking up to the fact that it happened at a certain time or on a certain date or just after you were talking about a loved one. Um, a lot of people like to just kind of explain away supernatural occurrences because they're not familiar with them and they tend to um, explain it away as an everyday earthly thing. But some things are just a little too weird to ignore. So in, in addition to that, I will also say that in some cases, some of the ghosts that we interact with and we deal with are things that we have created ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I don't mean that in a way like it's in our heads and we're imagining it. I mean, we put out the intention that it's there, and so we've given it power. So, you know, we might hear a story about how the door always slams to this particular room. When we're in that room, if enough people are sitting there waiting for that door to slam, we can put out the energy that actually makes that door slam. So I think that that's part of some of the ghosts that we encounter. I also think that a, a, a good part of it, too, is that or, or why you know you're able to perceive them in certain places is there are certain factors that my, my theory is that this stuff happens everywhere and stephanie encounters these spirits everywhere so i think what it is is for you know you and i the people that don't have psychic abilities for us it's a matter of this the location has the right factors to help you know amplify that so it's like you know there's a there's a there's a radio signal around you all the time but unless you actually turn the radio on and tune into that frequency you're not going to pick up the station and i think that that's sometimes what's happening is that some places that we go to that we think are haunted are actually just places that are actually able to um pull in those signals and and, and help you and i the people that don't have the abilities be able to uh interact with them all right do you agree with her that these ghosts are choosing uh, to be ghosts and not moving on, um, 
do they have free will to do that in whatever realm they're in? And what is that realm that allows uh, that kind of existence or choice to be? Well, I mean, I've always felt like they have free will. I think sometimes they might not realize that they do, Mm -hmm. and they might not realize that, oh, you don't have to be here if you don't want to. Um, But I, I generally do think that for the most part, like... You know, they can do whatever they want, and they're certainly not going to do what we tell them. So there's a lot of people that are like, I can come and clear the ghosts out of your house. I I make them move on. I don't think that that's something that happens. I think that they actually, when when it gets to that point where you call in somebody that supposedly can help them move on, the ghost realizes, oh, these people really don't want me around. And then they just decide not to. Is there always trouble that they have to... uh deal with or reconcile are there any ghosts that uh simply love their families yeah. uh and friends that uh they miss so from earthly existence that they want to be ghosts a lot of the ghosts that we deal with that are earthbound are not like people that died yesterday and a lot of uh, and especially in a, an area like new england i can at least say we've had a lot of history in this location it's some of the earliest history um in this country and um, and I would say that, you know, around the time of you know, pilgrims coming, um, because before that, uh, Native Americans had their own cultures and their own beliefs, and they made it right with what they believed in. But you had a lot of different uh, belief systems that caused people to believe they weren't worthy of passing on, or they had unfinished business, or they didn't want to leave family behind. Um, we've kind of come to a different understanding with different organized religions since then, or just personal belief systems, which have made um, that pattern change over time. Death customs have changed over time. So you're really looking at like century to century to century of, you know, how people view the afterlife. And well, may I ask one more question? Sure. Uh, when people who claim that they can channel uh, spirit, spirits, are they channeling ghosts or is that a separate uh, class of beings uh, that they're channeling? So for myself, I can't speak for everybody else, but for myself, if I walk into a haunted location, I always tell people I'm like a radio, right? You change it to FM or AM, or you change it to specific stations on either feed. And um, I will tune into those that are left behind, um, or I'll tune into, um, if I'm going to give Tim a reading right in front of me, I'm going to channel his past loved ones, right? I'm going to use that frequency to um to bring that through so uh being educated in those different types of of situations and knowing how to channel into each one um is something that i do but um i can't speak for everybody else and tim what do you think do these channelers have a a magic formula that they can tune into the spirits that they select uh, from this other world realm, uh, what do you think? I always thought that. So the difference between being able to 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 interact and to talk with and to hear from spirits, like Stephanie does, you know, I I never really believed in that and stuff until I you know worked with her. But I really never believed that people could actually like channel and let something mm-hmm. speak through them. Right. And and then I actually had something happen to me. Speaking of the USS Salem, it happened to me last year on the USS Salem around this time of year where I actually had something come into my mind that was not my own thoughts. 
and and it was it turns out it's the spirit that they interact with there quite frequently but it it got into my mind it was influencing my thinking and influencing the way that i was behaving and i so if you would ask me before that i would have said no nah, that stuff never <laughs> happens that's impossible but now having gone through it myself i realized like it is a real thing so i've had to kind of change my tune a little bit on that but you, you never had a um, magic formula for conjuring them into your presence, no. huh? No, I don't, I don't think do anybody does. Do you believe others do have a magic formula for no. conjuring? No, I, I don't think that it can be. I think what it is is you're like Stephanie. You have the ability, so that means that it comes around when you're there. It comes mm -hmm. to you. And, 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 mm. and people have different levels of that ability. Not everybody has it at her level. Some people don't even realize that they have it. So, you know, it can. And I've, I've had them come to me when I go into a place that they know that I'm there and I, I'm I always say I'm a psychic as a brick but they know that I have a, an interest in talking with them so they show up and they talk now do you still have another caller on the line we have, we have a couple of callers All right, here thank you for your time then bye thank, thank you. you have a good night uh, we do have a few callers here but still room for you at 508-996-0500 or send us an app chat message on the WBSM app good morning good morning I'm so used to the morning <laughs> show now good evening you're next on Spooky South Coast I usually call you in the morning, Tim. <laughs> how are you doing, Stephanie? Good. Hi, Tim. How are you? Okay, thank you. Yeah, I, I called you, uh, Tim, a while back because uh, I, I hear because I hear knocking on the door, but no, but nobody's there. Uh, are you, Stephanie, are you familiar with that? Knocking on the door, but nobody's there. Yes. Um, yeah. There, yeah. There was other callers that called him that they um, they had some insight on that. Uh, also, um, yeah. So, so you're so you're familiar with that? Then, I think it can happen anywhere, anytime, to anybody. Yes. Yeah, uh, but there's nobody there. Right. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm I mean, there's somebody I'm, there. Well, <laughs> you I'm, just I'm can't asleep. see them. Well, I'm asleep. I'm waking up to this. <laughs> right. And it, it can be, so it can be something that is, you know, a, a spirit, mm -hmm. like, you know, somebody who is trying to just get your attention. Yep. Uh, it could also be some sort of a trickster type phenomenon. You know, have you, it, it became, there's a Stephen King book that's kind of taken over what people think that it, it means, but there's the term, the Tommyknockers, which was something that, you know, was something of legend where people would hear these, these, these knocks on the door all night long. And it was considered to be a type of a trickster spirit, something similar to fairies or, or um, even, you know, yep. some people might feel it might be an, an extraterrestrial connection. Yeah, the, the Tommy Knockers, I saw that. That was a, I, I read the book, and it's also a great movie. Uh, that was Stephen yeah, King's they, cocaine dream, though. He says that as much himself. So Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I read your... Um, I, I'm from Fairhaven, and, I, and I, I, I went to Rogers School. I know, I know the history of Fairhaven, like yourself. And I, I went to the Millicent Library as, library as a little boy, and I, was, I felt uncomfortable in there some reason you know and, it, and, and still to this day uh, so when i read that this morning i said yeah that brought back memories because i did know of the uh, of millicent uh it's rogers a, it's a great library otherwise absolutely I, I haunted. well the, yeah. sta the staff swears it isn't so right and, and, and I, I i spent about two or three hours reading all your stuff today tim it was like with the uh, bridgewater triangle and um the highlighted um portions of your story there um like for example uh, i have a question for you um uh, profile rock what, what happened to that somebody put a bomb in there or something no there was uh, I, I remember i was here working uh at the time i was in my office uh, at the time i was a digital managing editor and 
it started coming up from people uh, on social media that they, that they had roped it off and that there was an issue, the rocks just finally gave way. Like it had been so the, the, for so long, they had been wearing away, and yeah. uh, and and, and it, they knew it was only a matter of time. And then one day, it just collapsed. Yeah, such as uh, Old Man of the Mountain up in Laconia. Mm-hmm. That look, yeah, it was, uh, um, yeah. Cause I, I remember going up there years ago, and it was a um, did look like did look like Old Man of the Mountain. But what, one thing I didn't know was uh, Joshua's Rock. I didn't know that though. Uh, down in um, that profile, I did not know that name. Yeah, Josh, was, Joshua Mountain. Yeah, that's that's yeah, what they, that's what it was originally known as. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So you're doing a great job, guys. Well, thank you. Thanks. Thank you for the call. You're welcome. Bye. 508-996-0500. We have some more questions. We have an app chat message coming in. We'll try and get to all of them before the end of the program. Good evening. You're next on WBSM. Yes, sir. Um, Your second last call, I think, is what made me call in. And um, uh, his tone, you know, kind of came off as not sarcastic, but flippant. But my my question is the same almost, um, like, is there is it possible for there to be a haunted UFO or a haunted alien or a haunting that involves an alien presence? And um, uh, I'd like your opinion on both of those. But uh, after that, too, um, both of your opinions on the new Lizzie Borden House. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Uh, I'm just going to let you listen offline just because of the buzz. Uh, so in terms of ghosts of aliens, uh, some people have reported encountering that. That's all you, my friend. I don't do aliens. No, uh, some people have reported, you, you know, like our friends Greg and Dana Newkirk, they've joked around and said, you know, Bigfoot is a ghost. But in a lot of cases, like there are instances where you look at it and you say, well, maybe there isn't a physical being that's actually there with some of these encounters. Maybe it is something that is a spirit encounter. And I, I think that if these are physical beings that are here, it's entirely possible that we could be dealing with their ghosts too. But it also gets back to something where I think it's kind of all the same root phenomenon. And I know that we've gone back and forth about this uh, in the past, but I I do think that there's a a great deal of, and I talked to somebody last night who researches what's called crypto-terrestrials, which I found to be fascinating. That's actually a race of humanoid type beings that live like within the earth here Mm -hmm but that they account for all of our alien activity, our ghost activity, our cryptid activity, and they're doing it using these special suits that they have. I don't know if I believe all of it, but it was still pretty interesting. I think at this point anything's possible. To tie it all possible. together. Yeah. Uh, and then the second question, uh, what do you think about the new Lizzie Borden house? We had a chance to go there on the anniversary of the murders, but we didn't really get a chance to really kind of look around too much. No, we, um, we were pretty limited because it was packed. Yeah, so, it was a busy night, so we'll we'll have to see if we can, determined. Yeah, we'll have to see if we can get over there and yeah. and, uh, and spend some more time. Uh, let's take another call here. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Wow, I made it on before Lamont. <laughs> I don't know if he knows that we're back yet. I'm trying to don't keep it that him. way. Yeah. <laughs> don't. Yeah, you guys will go on till about one o'clock. Right. <laughs> Not now. There's only seven minutes. Yes. Yes. Um, what if the cryptids or the um. The Wendigo is just a an alien that was trying to hunt the best predator in the, in the Navajo Nation back. You know, well, my my joke has fallen flat, isn't it? No, no, but I mean, that was a legitimate question. Yeah, no, it's it, it is a que- it is a legitimate question because uh, some of these beings that have become the things of folklore could have their their origin story could be something alien in nature. And, you know, that's kind of the conversation I was having last night about the crypto terrestrials, that all these legends like Mothman and everything like that are all connected to the same 
race of beings, maybe they're also connected to something that is extraterrestrial. It's quite possible. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's aliens, but it was aliens. <laughs> I see what you did there. And on that yeah. note, I got to go home. <laughs> oh, jeez, really? No, no, but it's great to hear you guys both back on the air. I just wanted to come in and say that, you know, Christie's doing a great job in all the properties, and I think that's really the um, bringing it back to where it needed to be. So. Absolutely, yeah, definitely, and so. and it's it's really the I tell everybody it's really the model. You know, I was I was in Michigan telling people from you know that area and from all over, like look at what is being done at the Oliver Estate now the Emory Estate. Like this is what people that are in charge of haunted places should be doing with it. Agreed, agreed, and I hope you had a better. Um time with technology at MI Paracon than you did at uh, RA Paracon. But. No, I never have a good time with technology, unfortunately. Oh, but but they, they have a great team in, in Michigan, and, and uh, it was nice and easy. We, okay. we just showed up and did our thing, and it worked out great. Got a lot of laughs, which is all that we cared about. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, not criticizing RA, you know. Yeah, it was it's just te technical glitches. Yep, it happens. Yeah, so, all right. Well, have a good night, guys. You as you well. You too. Good to hear you guys. All right, bye now. And, uh, and if you want to try to squeeze in a call, 508-996-0500. But a question comes in from Chris via app chat. Is there something we can do to help spirits around them? Can we leave out offerings, tell them you are praying for them? I just want to help any suffering if I can. So I'll, I'll throw that question to you. Um, is there something that you can do to help the spirits? Do they need help, the ones that are around us? Are they suffering? I think um, the ones that are or the ones that need help are definitely the ones that make it known. But for the most part, I think just coexisting, like I, I say hi to mine every day. Um, I mean, I've, I've developed a pretty good relationship with them outside of the fact that I have the abilities that I do, but like they watch the house while I'm gone. You know, they, they're kind of protective over, um, my family. So, um, I just create a relationship. If they're happy there, I'm happy there. Um, I wouldn't necessarily start leaving out offerings because you don't know what you're offering to. Um, right. Some spirits do require them, but not, not you know, most. You start telling uh, like a Native American spirit that you're praying for them. It's not the same. Right. Or, like you don't know. I mean, it could be, but you know what I'm saying? Like it could be polar opposite than what they're used to. So um, it might not mean anything to them. Um, so I say just be friendly. Treat them as if they were still in the human form that they were previously. It's it's an interesting question because when it comes to praying for them because you know sometimes it's it's like with living people the people who believe in prayer will mm -hmm. say well I'm going to pray for you and then there's people who will say but I it, uh, that doesn't mean anything to me right it's like the same thing as like oh what do I do for protection before I go into a haunted place and it's like uh, I should wear a crucifix I'm like have you ever been to a church are you religious at all they're like no I'm like then that's not going to do anything for you because you don't believe in it. Um, you know, or like doing a Catholic prayer for a Jewish person, you know, or, you know, it's just, if it's opposite of what you wholeheartedly believe in with all of your mind, body, and soul, then is it beneficial? We don't know. I, I, I think it might have been before we started hanging out or maybe it was like right at the beginning, but I used to wear a cross. Yes. And I did it not because I believe in it because I, I have no religion. And right. I, and, but I wore it because it was like maybe the things that are around me will believe in it. And so they'll see it and they'll, you know, it'll kind of ward them off a, a little, little bit. A little reverse psychology. Yeah. So I, I wore it just for that sake. 
And it was I was at the Lizzie Borden house and I was getting choked with it when mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, I'm not going to wear this anymore because now I'm just I'm just giving them a it, weapon. It might make them angry. Yeah, you know, I'm, like I'm, it's just the opposite too. I'm just yeah. giving them a way to 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 get at me if they want to get at me. And those things are sharp when they stick them in. It you. reminded me. That actually reminds me of. Um, I don't know why. And I thought that maybe there was a correlation because Josh Gates' uh, show tonight was on uh, ancient Egypt, but The Mummy was on. And a part of that movie, and it's from 1999, so mm-hmm. it's old, but um, it's the dude that had all the medallions on his neck, like he holds up a crucifix while the mummy's in his face, and he's trying to pray in that language, and then he holds up another one, prays in that language, not working, it's still coming at him. And then he holds up one, um, the, the Star of David, and the mummy goes, oh, that's that's the language of the slaves. I might have something, you know, that you're useful for. But, like, that's not how ghosts work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we've like, seen people show up at our things, too. Like, they, they unzip their shirt, and there's, like, they, they're like the Mr. T of crystals. Yes. They just got, like, layer upon yeah. layer, and they, they pity the fool. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're out of time. Uh, we will be back uh, again next week. It won't be a live show. It'll be a pre-recorded show uh, because I'll be away. And then the week after that, we're going to be live from the USS Salem if everything works out as part of the world's largest ghost hunt. And then we've got, you know, weeks of paranormally themed shows planned for you, including our annual Bridgewater Triangle investigation show, although we might have to push that back a little bit because West Nile virus was detected down this neck of the woods this morning. So that might uh, get pushed off a little bit to later in the year. But until next time, for Matt, for Stephanie, I'm Tim. Everybody stay spooktacular.